Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Hello again, it is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network where we take you into the garage area and talk to the folks that make these race cars go around and we love getting a chance to do it. I'm Steve Post, lead pit road reporter for Motor Racing Network, joined as I am each and every race or every show by championship winning crew chief, 25 race winning crew chief, Todd Gordon. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Fantastic. Return from Fontana, the final two mile. Yes, the uh, final two mile. You know, bittersweet. Bittersweet. You know, it's it's. I love the racing that we put on at Fontana. Yeah, I've loved that racetrack. But it's time. It's yeah, yeah. We time marches on. The surface is at the point where I I I, I really think even if there wasn't the logistical of of what land values and everything else, the surface is a point where you got to make a decision on it. And if we repave that place, it. I I I was I was thinking about this on the way in, but we repaved Michigan. I think ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And we've never gotten Michigan back to the racetrack it was before. Just the surface, right? The surface has lasted yeah. too long, right? It, so it's yeah. a it a bittersweet because I love that place. I think it puts mm-hmm. on the best racing we have. It'd be interesting to see where this progresses into a short track or w- what happens in the future. But a a great show and a double header. I know seven hundred. Yeah, the Fontana seven hundred. That's what Dan Hubbard, uh, Dan Hubbard, our, our MRN colleague, he said. I enjoyed spending the Fontana seven hundred. So yeah. um, I thought it was awesome. Um, while you liked it and I liked it, I have a hunch that Richard Childress liked it oh. maybe more than anybody else on the planet. Yeah, yeah. What a what a, what a run by and and not that we didn't expect this. I think, no, I think we've talked about this and 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 I expected Kyle Busch to win. I thought it'd be. Fairly early, Sooner I didn't know it'd be race this two. <laughs> yeah. um, you know they've they've started off to what a what a what a blockbuster start to really run. What he run third at the at the third Col- at the Coliseum, Coliseum, but but he got punted and went from the back to third. He yeah. was the best car. Uh, yeah. him or Truex or yeah. well maybe Priestu, but one of the best cars out there yes, for sure. Definitely one of the best cars out there at the Coliseum. Uh, really really good at Daytona. At, at Daytona and had to go to a backup car and still ran really well at Daytona. I mean, he and Austin were. I think yeah. he led lap 200 at he, Daytona, if right? If it was the Daytona 500, he won the Daytona 500. Yeah. The problem is it was the Daytona 530 this year. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then to come here and um, they were decent, got a penalty, recovered from the penalty, really made their car better. By the end of the race, they were by far the best. And you you combine that with a solid start for Austin Dillon as well. Austin, a ninth place finish there. And, and that might have been, I think he was a little better than that at times during the race, but a ninth place finish. I'm telling you, I think things in Welcome are really, really good up there. Yeah, Seemed like yeah. That. I, I got, I gotta think. I mean, there's a lot of energy there, right? A lot of positive energy, and and Kyle coming in brings some some new thoughts and new new kind of methods. And I, I've said this: Kyle will drive that program. Kyle's yeah. not going to ride on that program. Yeah. He's just that's not his makeup. He's he's going to be a guy that pushes them to be better, and, and not that they need that, but he's going to help them see a a, a light of a direction and. I think we're seeing the fruits of that. Well, and the program is in good shape anyhow. When mm-hmm. you look at it, um, 
I, I went through all of the offseason. I do radio interviews and everything like that. I said, you got to remember, Richard Childress Racing won three races last year. Yeah. And so I sat down with Andy Petrie down at Daytona, and I said, yeah, you guys had three wins last year. He said, no, Tyler had three wins, and Austin had one win. Yeah. I had forgotten about Tyler's Texas win. Yep. That's a team that won four races last year. So, Kyle, this, this is not RCR from eight years ago where it's like, where are they at? They're finding right. their footing. This is a team that appears to have found its footing last year during the season. Kyle's going to be probably what, what takes them to the next level. Yeah, I and I, I, but I also feel like I also feel like the three car is elevated from yes, where they were last no year. I, I mean, they, they won a race. They won the, the final right. Daytona race that got them playoff the eligible. But I feel like Kyle's introduction there has elevated the, yep. the program mm-hmm. to the point that, I mean, yes, they won three races. They've, they've darn near won the first three races this exactly. year with the eight yeah. car. So yeah. uh, I think there's another level there. I, they, were, they made a great step last year. I mm-hmm. just see like this addition they're they're making well, a bigger step yet. And when you look at Austin's team adding Keith Rodden, yep. another guy that has deep ties in Chevy at the other Chevy camp over at Hendrick Motorsports, I yep. think that's a good add, get a little bit more wisdom, a little different different player. I, I just I think it's really really cool what's going on. Last year in this race at Auto Club Speedway, we probably came in here and sat down and said, "How about man, this Trackhouse Racing team, man, this 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 new car helped them and then as we got midway through the season, we're like, okay, they're the benchmark that everyone yep. is aiming for. Yep. Okay, so then we go through the offseason. It's like, okay, was that a one-and-done year for Trackhouse Racing or not? Well, here we are again. And I'm telling you, Ross Chastain third, Daniel Suarez fourth. This, is not a, this does not appear, we're still small sample size here in 2023, but this does not appear like a one-year one wonder for this team. So far, they're not falling off from the, from the kind of yeah. benchmark that they set last year. I think... Uh, I think they're doing a great thing. I, I mean, Justin Marks has created a culture there that I think that drives success. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's doing a great thing over there, and um, it'll be fun to watch what happens going forward. It's, I don't feel like we've, now that we've been a couple races, I don't feel like we've changed nope. from what we had in the cadence of last year. And I, don't think so I, I mean, I think we could have as much parity as we had last year, if not, if not a tick more. It'll yeah. be fun to watch what happens this year. To me, the one that maybe upsets the parody a little bit is Kyle Busch. What is he able to do? But I, but I tend to agree with you. I think it, 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 there are times Kyle Busch has made winning look easy. Winning is difficult in the Cup Series. Everything has got to go right. 61 so, times he's made it look yes, easy, exactly. Right? Yes, exactly. Okay. A couple of other things just coming out of there. Um, it was really good to see uh, Chase Elliott come back. Uh, him and Alan Gustafson, they had a rough outing at Daytona. You get a second place finish. You got to. They are probably feeling pretty good about things as well. We're going to talk to Blake Harris from over at Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, we'll talk about Blake's effort. They've been good, but when you have a bad day, it's got to be good for Alan Gustafson for Chase to bounce back with a second place run. Yeah, and it wasn't like a flashy one. They just kind of methodically worked their yeah. way forward all day long, and uh, by the end of the race, they run out of there with a second place finish, and they were. They were maintaining or catching Kyle, but I'm not sure that Kyle was trying to show everything he had at the point. You know, I, when you get to that three yes. to four second lead, Kyle Busch is smart enough that he's going to start taking care of his tires in case there's something goofy that yeah. happens with a green white checker or something. Different. Right. Absolutely. Finally, I want to mention this. On Sunday morning, I finally got a chance to catch up with my buddy Mike Kelly. Mike is the crew chief of JTG Darty Racing. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., of course, Daytona 500 winning crew chief or champion uh, team. Um, and Mike had some really neat stuff. We understand that this is one of those single independent teams mm-hmm. that we don't expect to compete for wins every week on the tour. I think they expect that as well. 
Mike was fascinating. Mike is like, this is where we're going to learn. He says, we have goals for this season. He says, we have to forget that last week happened. Now, we love that last week happens, Mm -hmm. and we're going to cherish the fruits of last week happening, but now's time to get down to business, and let's optimize the day that we have. They come out of there with a 12th place finish. I think it wasn't the Daytona 500 win, but I think if you're that team, you're probably thinking, okay, that's pretty cool. And when you look back to last year, they were pretty good here last year as well. Yeah, they were. I think think they've done a good job of it. To, To Mike's point, they can still do all the things that they had as goals. Exactly. They just don't have the pressure of, oh my goodness, we've got to figure out how to win yeah. and get in the playoffs. Yeah. That that pressure's removed, so they can just focus on their plan and what they want to work on, and and work on it without the pressure of an anxiety yes. of how do I get myself in a position, how do I make sure I can take advantage of. We right. can just work our plan and get ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's really neat. Their average finish last year was twenty third. And they come out with a 12th place finish. Anytime you're a, a, a dozen up or 11, mm-hmm. a double digits up on your average finish, you're, you're going in the right direction. And I think, and, and that's what I love about NASCAR racing. And, and, and actually, I mentioned, we're going to talk to Blake Harris, the comparisons. Yes. You know, I mean, when you're at Front Row Motorsports, what's your expectations? When you're at Hendrick Motorsports, what's your expectations? So I can't wait to talk to Blake about that and so much more. And I love the, the, the garage area, the dynamic in the garage area. The other thing, and I, I didn't even, never even thought about this until last year, the last time a single-car team won the Daytona 500 was the Wood Brothers, and they were housed in a building in Harrisburg, North Carolina, the very same building that JTG Darty Racing is in. I hadn't thought about that. It was really fun last week. Um, I belong. There's a Harrisburg community forum sort of thing on Facebook. It's, it's generally just people whining about CVS and the local this and local that. It was kind of fun watching it. That their team, Harrisburg, North Carolina's team, won the Daytona 500. Uh, Pub 49, which um, Bill, uh, he used to drive truck for, for Richard Petty Motorsports. Bill, he took him over pizzas one day, and there was a lot of goodwill in that little town, Harrisburg, North Carolina for that team that won out of the same building the Wood Brothers won out of a couple of years back. So, yeah, really cool. Lots of neat stuff, that's for sure. And there's a lot of neat stuff in motorsports. And Crew Call is pretty neat as well. And we would like to ask you right now, before we get into the interview with Blake Harris, subscribe to MRN's podcast channels. Wherever you're listening or watching this stuff, subscribe to this channel and share it with your friends. If you like what we do here on Crew Call or all of the programs, make sure you share it with friends. That's that's how it's done with the kids these days, with these podcasts, is we share, we like, we subscribe, and we do it, and we're asking you to do that. And we're also asking you to stick with us, because when we come back, we'll talk to Blake Harris over at Hendrick Motorsports. Napa! Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad. Rubber-coated hardware for a better fit and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 
Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. And as we talked about in our opening segment, we are joined by crew chief over at Hendrick Motorsports, Blake Harris, who joins us on the Zoom call. Hello, Blake. How are you? Doing well. Yeah, just getting uh, getting final touches on Vegas here. See if we can get another one out to the West Coast here safely. No doubt about it. Blake, I would dare say the transition from Front Row Motorsports to Hendrick Motorsports, at least results-wise, are good. How has that transition been for you as you've rolled into this season? Yeah, so far, so good. I mean, I, I got to start pretty quickly after the season was over. Um, that was a big step for me versus what I had the year before. You know, I moved so, moved over to Front Row so late in, in the in the process, right? It was beginning of January, just kind of thrown into the next gen and all the stuff that we had going on. So last year was certainly more of a whirlwind for me in the beginning. And this year, um, I had a few months to to get prepped and get acclimated with the team and all the guys. And, um, you know, so far, so good off to a, a decent start. Um, you know, execution's been relatively decent and been able to to get a couple decent finishes off and, and trying to creep our way up there in the points in the process, too. Yeah, you talk about it. Fourth at the Clash, fifth at Daytona, eighth at Fontana, single-digit finish, his third in points. Uh, it, it's off to a really good start. Also won the pole at the Daytona 500. That's, a, that's an accomplishment and one that, that uh, I think you got to be a little proud of. How much different is the crew chief position here at, at HMS than it was at a small team like, like Front Row? Yeah, that's uh, certainly something to note. You know, I think there's there's aspects of both sides i think that i enjoy personally i mean in different challenges under both setups right um a lot less support around you at a place like front row um and a little bit more of a mom and pops feel you know if you want to get it done you got to go do it yourself and and figure out how to get that done where um we certainly have a ton of resources here at hms and um it really and that's what it's been i think before we got to la everybody's like oh what do you think you know how's it going and i'm like well we all i know to do now is go race and start to kind of work through the week to week you know and just really my layout and, and what i'm trying to step through each week is very different this year compared to what i was used to last year um and just kind of having the guys around you going through their processes and and just really the the amount of people on the team is just a few more and, and feel like maybe you're a little bit more efficient than, than how I was last year or what I was used to anyways. So when you talk about all those changes, what's, what didn't you expect in this transition that's, that's kind of opened your eyes? On, honestly, just the people. Um, I had probably high expectations coming into it, but, you know, is well-received as I felt coming in and just kind of open arms and, and the guys around me, um, I'm, I'm super impressed. I mean, I, I think it's a little cliche to say from the top down, um, but, but that's how HMS is. I mean, since, since I've been here, uh, really from, from Rick and Jeff and the Jeffs, like all, all of them from the top down, everybody's been, been amazing. And, and that trickles all the way down through. I mean, everywhere has its challenges and has its things that we want to improve on, but um, I'm super impressed with the people here. I, that, that's been fun. I, you know, I was fortunate through other parts of my career when we had some, some success, we, we did it with really good groups. And I feel like I have that, you know, the 48 team specifically, all the people here, um, it's certainly, that, that's what I've been surprised with. You know, I, I think coming from a small team back to a big team, you have that concern like, oh, am I going to lose the feel of, you know, my guys in the group and a, a little, I'm 
pretty laid back guys. So, you know, certainly it was, was curious to see how that was. And I mean, it, each team kind of has its own thing here and, and they let you do what you need to do and how you want to do it. So that, that's probably been the biggest surprise, pleasant surprise for sure. Like we had you on crew call last year, and at that time with Front Row Motorsports, you talked about one of the comparisons that you did was there's 24 fully funded factory supported teams, and you always kind of compared yourself. How many of those guys you're able to fit against uh, or, or, or finish in front of? When you look at it now, and I know we're early in the season, but are there benchmarks? Are there comparisons within the Hendrick camp, within the Chevy camp, with other? How do you how do you how do you start to stack up how you guys are performing? Uh, relative to everyone else yeah the the bar is certainly different now right um yeah. last year you could go and even if you didn't have a great day you're like oh man we we beat a couple guys that maybe we shouldn't beat and and that's very different now um but that it's just uh it's different challenges i i'm excited because when you're around such a good group and teammates in this company i mean you, you're shooting to be best at HMS first, right? And and if you can do that, and even if you're the top car or top two cars each week, um, you're probably gonna be in pretty good shape. So um, I, I think, I don't I don't know that I look at it that way. That, that's what you shoot for. Um, sure. and, and at this level, you know, I, I think the benchmark for us is, you know, and we can talk a little more in detail, but last week towards the end of the race, you know, we didn't get out of pit box great. We had a couple things that, you know, had a, a restart, not great at the time that we needed a good restart and we found ourselves from being in the top six or seven all day long we got shuffled back and we're restarting that last stint um last green flag running 15 and i'm like we're what happened like <laughs> the day was going pretty smooth like we had a fast race car um long run speed was decent maybe we didn't fire off as good as we needed to um but the benchmark for me on those days is we can't we can't take a good race car not finish inside the top 10 and and Guys had a really good stop, that last green flag stop. Alex did a really good job of staying up on the wheel all the way to the end of the race. We drove back to eighth, you know, felt like we still had top five or six speed there at the end. Um, that's the benchmarks that that I want to hit. You know, I want to take when we have a top five car, I want to finish in the top five, but things are going to happen. And, and how we recover as a group um, is my personal benchmark. So, yes, we, you know, we want to be the top HMS car. We want to go win races. We want to, you know, go head to head with all the, the best every week, but um, you know, you have to be able to recover when things don't go smooth. And and I think as long as we can continue to keep the speed that we've had in the first few races, when they do go smooth, the, the rest is going to work itself out. Yeah. It's a, uh, that's it, really, that's really cool. You, you look, as we talk about prep for uh for upcoming weekend at Vegas, uh, Alex won a spring race at Vegas last year, uh, was out on concussion protocol for the, for the, for the playoff race there. Um, how do you address kind of going forward into Vegas? How do you, what do you use to guide you there? When you look back at Vegas one, um, kind of same as Fontana, right? It was so, it was so early in the season. Uh, I feel like everybody progressed and, and we learned so much by the end of the year. Um, it, it's hard, it's hard to look just at Vegas one and, and those types of things that the, the positive for the 48 team Alex is really good at Vegas, like historically. Um, he's really good at Fontana too. So we knew going into the West Coast, like, hey, these are two two tracks. We got to be in the ballpark. We got to capitalize. So um, certainly going to the prep and looking at all the the past history. I mean, we have HMS and and the key partners stuff that we can look at on the Chevy side for Vegas too, and some of those similar tracks. So I would say we're leaning on 
preparation wise more more so what what you saw later in the year just because you know i, I joke you'd see how all the cars are in the attitude of the cars as it progressed i mean we we laugh about when we went to the first few downforce races you're like we didn't even know we needed the back car down the back of the car down right like i mean we did but it's just not the same way all, all that stuff's just we handle it so much different than we did at the beginning you know a year ago so um I know he's excited to get there. He's had a lot of success there in the past. So. Yeah, I've uh, I've had a couple of good runs there. It seems like I've always raced Alex at it. So uh, <laughs> we we had a we had a race with him a couple of years ago with Blaney. It was both places as you talked about, really really strong there. Um, you know, you're in a unique situation. You've worked at all three manufacturers in the last three years to see kind of how the manufacturers support people. Um, any takeaways in in kind of the experience you've had? Because at 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 Furniture Row and 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 JGR on the on the Toyota side, and then uh, a little bit of exposure, probably limited exposure, it, justifiably so at uh, Front Row, but uh, now onto the uh, Chevrolet uh, side. That's something that's something I'm super fascinated with. Um, it, it's interesting, as you said, the the Ford side I probably wasn't a fair shake at what I was used to. Right, we were super limited on the information that we had, and and didn't really have. You know what I consider a lot of manufacturer support on that side last year, um, and where we're at, and, and the team I'm with, and the situation we are with Chevy is super similar to what we had with Toyota. But um, the, each one of those places go about things really different, and and I think somehow I landed in this really unique scenario where, in a matter of like eleven or twelve months, I had been with three manufacturers, and you know I'm like I'm the guy that. I haven't left a job until the place closed down. Like I just, I haven't changed. And JGR was the first place that I, that I left for an opportunity. Um, I think in my career. So, uh, I was kind of, I had that re reflection moment where I was like, what, how, how did this happen? Like, how did I get here? Um, but so th that was something that was super unique to me. Just, you know, all the tools that the different manufacturers have and how they utilize them. And, and um, it, it's interesting. I mean, it, it I'm certainly uh, not interested in going to detail on it, but there's a lot of things that, you know, they get specific on that are completely different sides of the fence. And, you know, both both can go dominate at certain places. So I've got a lot of personal notes on that of like, man, this is this is different. Why 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 did we focus on that? And these guys focus on this and, you know, hopefully pull all that together to have some success. <laughs> so and I, I, I appreciate and I wasn't looking for you to dig into the details there, but more, yeah, to, more general like you did. But at, how much, so, so given that I hadn't thought about it being really like 11 or 12 months, which is really yeah. what it was. Right. Um, you had to, you had to end up getting your, your, your brain picked a little bit about what you had over at different places as, as that came in and, and, and how did those conversations or did those conversations happen? And, and the other piece, you've got to love the logistically, the location of the Chevrolet tech center, uh, you know, or, or GM, uh, uh, tech center, just being right outside the door for your engineers and people to get there and use the tools. Right. Yeah, the GM Tech Center thing is, is phenomenal. I mean, uh, we've been over there. We go over there for some sessions and anything that we need to pop in. Uh, just being right here outside our campus is is pretty incredible. Um, really fascinated in that, right? I mean, they, they're putting, GM's put so much effort into all their programs. And, uh, you know, some guys that are working over there now are guys that I work with. Um, several of them actually come from Furniture Road, so guys that I worked with for eight, nine years. Um, so that that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think all that is, uh, as far as being picked through, 
Um, you know, I, I don't know. All the guys here are super respectful. You know, I didn't, nobody really bombarded me with questions of how how we do this. But I mean, I think that just comes with time, right? We get get some of these tracks and places that HMS runs well, you know, and hasn't run well. I, I think you utilize everything from your past, right? I mean, the next gen was certainly uh, a reset across even the way that manufacturers have done things. So I think it's not, you know, it's not all applicable, but you can't unlearn things that work from you for you at certain certain places. So it'll be interesting as we progress how all that stuff's integrated, you know, on the 48 team and and my thoughts and and things that I've experienced first, you know, what some of the teammates have too. You had indicated, uh, talked a little bit about the prep with the Vegas car. We're recording this on Tuesday morning after Auto Club Speedway. So you've got Vegas, you've got Phoenix, how are you on inventory and what's the logistics that you guys are putting into play here on this West Coast swing? This is this is definitely a tough one. Um, I think you see both sides of the, the fence as far as some guys stay out, took their Vegas cars with them. Uh, we chose to to do a swap out where our cars are on the way back. Um, we're prepping our stuff here. It gets us a couple of days. It's, it's pretty rough. I mean, it's tough on the road crews for sure. I mean, we ask a lot of them this time of year and you know, you're, you're down to Daytona, even though we're not down there for 10 days, you're down there for, you know, five or six. And then by the time you get home, you got Monday, Tuesday to get cars finished up um, to get out to the West Coast. And then we work Wednesday on the next week's stuff. And then we fly out, you know, either late Thursday or early Friday. So, you know, for, for all those guys, especially the ones um, like myself that have families, you know, I, I think about them a lot. You're, you're asking a lot. We get home late. Some of them don't sleep. They get a couple hours of sleep on a flight back and and they're hitting it in here Monday morning. And, and really, I mean, load day is whenever it's done Tuesday night, you know, to get them out in time to get the swap outs done. So um, it, it's just like that. I don't know how else to do it. Um, you know, we chose to do it from the shop, which I I personally like um, it feels like you got all your tools and all the things to react on however you need to based on what you've had the last couple of weeks. So um, that's something that, you know, we're, we're giving a shot and we'll do that and we'll get through Phoenix. And then, you know, at least Atlanta will be hopefully a little bit of reset to pay the guys back with a little bit of, you know, we only have no practice qualifying. So um, hopefully a little bit lower, you know, lower amount of stress that week and they can get a little rest and get caught up. And they, some people talked about, you know, just trying to, 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 to turn the California cars around. Some of the pictures that I saw, I think Chris Buescher posted one on Twitter, but the cars are brutally, uh, I mean, they're really blasted. The splitters, the noses, they, they're really rough when they come out of California. Trying to turn a car like that around out there on the West Coast seemed like it'd be a daunting task. Yeah, no, I certainly don't see nor do I have a whole lot of interest in how you would take a California car to Vegas at this point. I mean, the California was like something we haven't seen. I mean, in the past, right? Like it, it's always beat things up, but this year was, was another level. Like, I don't, I don't know if it was just green track or uh, I don't know. It, it was pretty brutal on those things. So yeah, I mean, if you, if you had gone out there with that plan to turn that thing around for Vegas or something like that, I think you'd be in rough shape. You know, I, you know, all your, all your underbody stuff was pretty much trash. I mean, every, every strake, every splitter rocker box, everything was junk. So um, we, we certainly threw away a lot of expensive parts there. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know, but inventory back to the inventory thing though. I think we were in about a three or four week rotation. We're still waiting on some center sections and up, you know, updated center sections and rear clips and all those things. We're, we're 
I'm not to say we're in a good spot yet, but we do have to take one of those cars for inventory and, and that's a, a backup car that's riding around. So really um, about four chassis is where we're at. Um, fortunately for the 48, we didn't kill anything in Daytona um, and we didn't hurt anything in Fontana outside of the, the body and underwing stuff. Um, so from a chassis rear clip standpoint, hopefully those things are, are in good enough shape. We can flip those around, but we're, you know, our guys are waiting on the Fontana stuff to get back so that we can build that. Um, I think that one will go to Atlanta or Coda. So, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that. We, uh, we had talked in our pre-race meeting about the eight team, uh, which they obviously came out of auto club. All right. But they lost two cars, uh, that number, they lost two cars down at Daytona and what that's like. You guys have been good as far as that goes. And, and, and getting involved with it. I want to talk a little bit about your relationship with your driver. Um, I chatted with Alex uh, down at Daytona after he qualified, and I asked him how things are going with Blake, and he mentioned that you guys hauled off to Tulsa to the Chili Bowl and hung out a little bit. Now, when you go to the Chili Bowl with Alex, a lot of people think of racing. With Alex, it's more the party. Were you able to, were you able to hang with uh, Alex? Did you, were you part of the winning team for the party out there? Um. I tried. I don't know. He's, you know, he's a few years younger than me. So, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but that 29 to 35, 36, that's a, that's a step in the old, in, in the partying game. So, um, you know, my, my dad, my dad's taken midgets down to chili bowl for years. Um, so I've gone, I think only missed maybe one year um, when our son was born a couple of years ago. Um, so in, in the last seven or eight, so we, we definitely have, you know, a lot of shared passion for the open wheel dirt racing. Um, I've got a little shock business that I've had for a while and they do ton of sprint car and midget stuff and open wheel. So we always talk about when he's running his 410 car, um, you know, I'm watching that stuff with him and, and kind of giving him my feedback, whether he likes it or not. But, um, but no, Chili Bowl was great. Uh, having that off season with Alex. I mean, I think the day that everything got signed and done my next stop, you know, I left HMS and went straight to the shop and, you know, we we're looking at his midgets and sprint cars and all the things. So I think we have, certainly have shared passion outside of this. And and really, I mean, when it comes to the work stuff, uh, you know, I, it was super important for L.A. Like I wanted, wanted to run well and we had speed there, but it, it was just communication. Right. Like going through the practices with the guys, going through changes, talking to them about the things that we needed with the cars. And, you know, so far, all, all the things that we talked about and how we executed all those things went well. And when you have speed, it goes well, right, Todd? I mean, you, you know how that goes when yep. everything's going good. There's no problems. All the communication is fine. Everybody's happy. But, um, you know, so far, all that's been great. I mean, as best as I could ask for, you know, and, and short of racing and and going through the steps each week, that, that that's all that's left to me. You know, we've got to go through what he's telling me on the radio and, and how we respond to that and making sure we're, we're giving them adjustments and we can continue to build that level of communication. But short of, you know, just going through the steps in the process and racing, I, I don't know what else to do to speed it up. But um, Tulsa was good. I, I didn't make it out there the whole week with him. Um, I didn't get out till Friday. We had a lot of prep work going on here, but I got a couple nights with him and, and tried to hang in there best that I could. You're a wise man. You're a wise man. <laughs> well, well executed. Well executed. Yeah, as you talked about, fourth, fifth, and eighth, communication goes great, right? It's it's when you have a 20-something place day that you really get to, to, to try those things out and push those things out. I, I don't see you guys having that anytime <laughs> yeah, soon in, yeah. the, in the future, especially uh, uh, with both of you going. But um, I would think off-season you probably spent some time in the simulator just to try to get the, the lingo together as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's something... I think he utilized a little bit last year, um, something that I was used to utilizing a lot. That was one of the few tools um, that that I was used to last year that that we used almost every week. So 
we're definitely hitting that hard um, and just trying to, like, like you said, step through those things and, and make sure we, we can shortcut any of that communication and, and process. You know, I mean, you know, the deal, you get 20 minutes of practice now um, when we do have practice. <laughs> so yeah. um, things got to happen quick and, and you don't have much error for, you know, not hitting the change right. So you got to make the most of that. And we're doing everything we can prep wise to do that. Like final question for you. We talked to you last year on this program. We talked and we referenced that your wife is uh, Caitlin Vinci. We love Caitlin. We, 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 we love her work in the sport and everything like that. That was prior to her being a best-selling author. Though, what is it like to be married? Uh, what is it like to be Caitlin's husband, best-selling author, Caitlin Vinci's? Uh, um, how do you how do you juggle the, uh, the 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 two career family and and enjoying the success that she's having as well? Yeah, I tell everybody um, all the time. I don't. Everybody gives us. I don't know how you guys do it. I, I don't either. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> we have. Just, just having two kids without the the careers that we have are, are a challenge enough. And I, you know, I commend everybody that all these years when I traveled and we'd go race to race and from a racetrack to a test and another racetrack, all these guys would want to go home. And I was like, man, what, what's the deal? Let's just go to the next place. This is fine. You know? And, and I'm, I'm feeling the pain of that now, you know, my, my daughter's five and, you know, she's old enough to tell me, ask me why I'm leaving every time. And that, that certainly gets tough, but um, you know, so she, she battles, she, she deals with the kids way more than I do. Um, just with our, our travel and being gone. And of course she's in the studio. She comes to some races. She does stuff with other tracks. Um, as far as she'll do stuff at track, she'll do stuff for sponsor events, emceeing events, charity events. Um, and, and then her book, I mean, she worked on this book for five years, uh, and, and it took five years because of all the things that we just mentioned. I mean, it's nonstop for, you know, 40 plus weeks for us. And I mean, you guys live it and you, you know the deal. So I don't know how we do it. I mean, in a lot of it falls on her shoulders more so than me. I mean, I, you know, when I'm coming home from a, a, a race and I don't see them until Wednesday after we've loaded, I mean, it's her in the background managing all that and in, in the process being a, a best-selling author. So I'm, I'm really happy, really excited for her um, and all the things that that she's accomplished with that. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but a best-selling author on Amazon, what she did, that means she was in the top 100 in the world of, of a couple of those genres. So it's pretty incredible. I mean, that, you know, it, I, I'm super, you know, she went through that whole process, self-published, um, did all the, ed, like, got with editors, went through, reviewed all the edits. I mean, seeing the amount of work um, that she had to do to put through to get the success, to have the success with that was, was pretty crazy to see. And she was dead set, you know, as long as it took her to go through that process, the final edits and all the things she wanted to get it launched before the season, just because once our season starts, it seems like nothing else in our life can get done until November. So um, I'm glad she got that launched. Glad that she had the success and, and yeah, just, commend her. I mean, I tell her all the time, um, you know, I, I appreciate what she does. Um, to to let me do what I do because it's, it's a constant, constant battle. Her, her parents are close. Um, and we have a couple of babysitters that we constantly juggle to try to make it all work. And it's a, it's a challenge every day. You know, we take it as it comes and how the schedules change and you think you've got it all figured out and then there'll be a rain out and somebody's got to leave early and something pops up with a kid being sick. So I, I, I don't know. It's a, 
I, I feel like I'm never balanced enough. I never, I feel like I'm never great at everything because you're always trying to, you know, manage all the time. But um, she, she does a lot, and I'm, I'm happy for for what she's been able to accomplish with that. You have, you have stated that so well, and yeah, I love, I love what Caitlin has accomplished there. You have stated that so well, and and so many times we get a chance to talk to crew guys, we get a chance to talk to people, but wives and families, man, I'll tell you, wives and moms, they're uh, they're some of the MVPs in motorsports. There's yeah, no doubt about that's, that. That's the foundation of of us yeah. being able to do the. Job. So we do right yeah. is to have that rock solid Absolutely. support at home, and yeah. uh, uh, sounds like Caitlin's Caitlin's got a lot of a lot of stuff <laughs> juggling does. up in the air at the same time, doing a good job with it. That's cool, good stuff, good stuff. Blake, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much for spending time with us. We wish you the best at Vegas this weekend, and and on throughout. I'm sure we'll talk to you down the road. But uh, congratulations on a great start, and we'll talk to you down the road. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. There See we go. Blake Harris joining us here on Crew Call. Stay with us more in just a moment. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on Motor Racing Network. Again, so glad you've joined us. Uh, Todd Gordon and Steve Post, and really, really cool catching up with Blake Harris. By the way, we talked about Caitlin's book, best-selling book. It's called Save the Queen City. You can find it on Amazon and everywhere else. Save the Queen City. It's a murder mystery. It's not even about racing. It's not even about racing. It's That's... a murder mystery that Caitlin wrote. And uh, I have, um, I am, I am not in the murder mystery category yet. I'm in the just starting to read category. Well, I've been able to read forever. C just spot. To, yeah, C, C, C spot. spot run. No, I just actually, and this is way off the reservation, um, I have actually read in my life, I mean, back in school and college and everything else, I read books, but I'm on my fourth book right now. Uh, it was a conversation I had with Eric Jones, his his initiative is people to read, and it's and it's rung true with me, but I'm not in the murder mystery category, but I know some people who are, and they said, Caitlin did a nice job with that book. So yeah. that is really, really cool. Impressive, impressive. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the struggle to read category. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I was a slow reader all the way through, but... Uh... I do know people in it, and uh, now that I, I I actually wasn't in the know there, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll check that out. I'll, really I'll cool that it's it's that it's a genre that that's not 
tied right. to her knowledge, right? Yeah, yeah. You would think it'd be like racing wives for dummies or something like that, you know, or the life of a racing wife. And it's not. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, really I just awesome. Think that's that fantastic you, that you can step outside of yeah. your your world and create something else. What a creative side. Yeah. Similarly, and again, way off the reservation here. During the off season, I went and sat in Lexington, North Carolina, at a little brew house bar and listen to Kyle, play, uh, Kyle Petty play music. Really? One racing song. King Richard is the song that everyone liked. Every other song, no reference to racing. Awesome. And it was fantastic. Great, great music. So I love finding out things about people away from racetrack that is so drastically different than, than what we see them when Caitlin's on TV yeah. or when Kyle's on TV. Um, and, and, and if you get a chance to go see Kyle Petty put on a show, go see Kyle Petty put on a show. He's, he is entertaining as all get out. It's neat. And kudos to Caitlin because Blake brought it up, but I, I, I lived, I lived this yeah. for, for 20 years. My wife ran our household. Right. Absolutely. When, as a, as a cup crew chief, you're, you're, you're 24 seven, your mind's never shut off. You're, you try to find the balance, but it you can't find balance. You've got to have a partner that is rock solid. And to be able to to, to raise two kids, be the rock of the house, and do a creative venture like this, just kudos to Caitlin for that. Yeah, neat, neat stuff. I love it. I really do. And, and I love our, love our crew members' families and hearing about them and the details and everything else. It is, it is really, really fun. So uh, Auto Club Speedway was awesome. Now we're rolling on to Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Sunday, the NASCAR Cup Series. The headliner is the Pennzoil 400 presented by Jiffy Lube. Saturday, it's the Alsco Uniform 300 for the Xfinity Series. And those races, both those Saturday and Sunday events, will be on the Performance Racing Network. So can't wait for Doug and Mark and the whole gang to take over and see what they have out there at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Motor Racing Network will be out at Las Vegas, though, Friday night. The Victorious Voice Foundation 200 for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Got that right. A little slip of the tongue, but got it right. We'll be on the air at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on um friday night when we look at vegas crew chief what uh what types of things going back to the cup race what types of things are the cup guys going to be looking at when they go out there yeah i, I think this is a, a really cool racetrack and uh one that you don't see a ton of tire fall off uh -huh. but you do see a little bit managing the bumps managing the bumps and, and drivers have the ability to really move their car around and avoid the bumps here you can drive around them uh in one and two you'll see that you know some guys will be a lane or 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 lane and a half high just to drive around some of the bumps. If you're right on the bottom, I think it hits the right's pretty hard. If you come up half a groove, it's left's pretty hard. It's got a lot of character, and, and especially with these these cup cars with the the shock stops and the, the travel limiting devices, being really close to them is where you make the most performance. Being touching them is really bad for you. So, uh, you know, through the bumps and things like that. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what all happens here. Uh, a, a great show in the spring, obviously Blake's driver. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Alex won this event. Um, like I said, I, I've raced him pretty hard with Blaney a couple times there. Actually, he and Alex pitting forced me to pit. Joey Logano stayed out, won the race. Uh, <laughs> just one of them things, you know, I, I have memories, of all these things. The next week we went to California, ran one, two for a lot of the race too. So, um, a great run for, for Blake out there. We'll look forward to what they can do with the, uh, with the, with the 48 car out there. It's great racing. Great racing in an environment that has more than just racing to, to, oh, yeah. to for the spectators. Yeah, and 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 I think that's the thing. And one of our one of our conversation points that we've talked about the at track experience. Just folks, get out to the racetrack. Go to Las Vegas if you're around the area this weekend. Can't make it there? Join us in Phoenix. Join us in Atlanta. 
uh, get out to a racetrack. Man, the at uh, it's just there is a vibe right now at the racetrack that is just awesome. It really is. I had a guy call me on Sirius last yeah. night. Okay, he's doing the triple. Really? Yes. Yeah. I thought about that. I thought about it because I was looking at some of the campers and stuff, and I wondered how many were yeah. doing the triple. He called in as he was crossing the crossing the mountain range from Fontana heading to Vegas. So, uh, you know, great experience and a great West Coast swing that. You know, three great yeah. event, events and venues. Uh, uh, Vegas is great. And then following weekend yeah. at, at Phoenix, really great venue there, too. If I did the triple, the first goal would be minimize the time in Vegas. <laughs> um, and I love Vegas, but it's just like um, I, I would just uh, don't 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 let those don't let those uh, don't let those money grabbers out there uh, and, and money grabbers. I mean, uh, the, the, the casinos, the people play along with that. I have always been one that every time I go there, I donate money. Yes. Um, and so stay out of there. No. So understanding your limitations, right? <laughs> understanding my limitations. Vegas is great. And and uh, while I say that, there are some people that tie Auto Club and Phoenix on so they can spend two weeks in Vegas. Yes. So it is great. And, and I love the dynamic of all of it. So fun stuff, that's for sure. Love the dynamic of what we have on Motor Racing Network as well. NASCAR Live, the Tuesday night tradition, continues on. NASCAR Wide Open, or NASCAR Live Wide Open, is our Thursday podcast with NASCAR Live, plus a whole lot more. NASCAR Coast to Coast covers the roots of motorsports, Wing Nation, the Sprint Cars, and NASCAR Crew Call, of course, this program where we go into the garage area. So make sure that you are subscribing and liking and following along with all of the MRN podcast options. Love talking about our sport, uh, our, our, our motorsports, that is for sure. So he's Todd Gordon. I'm Steve Post. We appreciate Blake Harris joining us here on the program. More important than all of that, though, thank you for joining us here on Crew Call.